Coming up today on the show, we're going to talk about the latest Disney news and rumors. That's coming up next on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everybody, to Traveling with the Mouse. This is Wednesday, February the 12th. It is episode 256, and my name is Adam. I'm your host this week, and I am joined, as always, by John. What's up, everybody? And Jason. End the Rise of the Resistance lottery. (laughs) Are we still on that campaign? It hasn't ended yet. (laughs) All right. But apparently now all fast passes are lotteries. They can just change them at random. <laughs> Is that a teaser for some of the news that we're going to talk about today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's you know, fast passes are not to be trusted. If you observe them, they could change. They're kind of, you know, like a quantum state. <laughs> yes. So, if you want a certain fast pass, just grab a different one and maybe you'll get the one you want. Or yeah, sort to, of like that time we were on the challenge and we thought we had a uh, Soren fast pass, <laughs> and the point. kiosk thought we had a Soren fast pass, but the guy at Soren definitely didn't think we had a Soren fast pass. What did he think we had? Test track or f- test track? Test track. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for costing us the W that day, dude. Yeah. Right. That was what. Yeah, did that it. was the moment. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That would have changed everything. That really did change our mood for like an hour. We weren't, our heads were out of the game for about an hour there. But I mean, think about it. We lost it by two minutes. So, yeah. That would have been more than two minutes made up right there. Anyway, water under the bridge. <laughs> All right. Who wants to start with some news? Well, I could jump in there. I have so much news to share. Let's start us off with one. Did you guys watch? The Oscars? Because I didn't. I did watch most of the Oscars, or I'd say half of it, because it was very long. I watched. I'm yeah, not surprised. I watched the end and part of the beginning. I missed the middle. Well, I, I wanted to bring this up because you had made a very bold prediction about best animated feature, and <laughs> turns out the Academy Award didn't agree with you. So why would you want to bring this up, Jason? I don't understand. I thought we already talked about this. It's old news. <laughs> because you were dead set. <laughs> That it's not going to happen. Yes. I think we, if we should go back and in, enter a clip right here. I won't do that, though, because I edit the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, here's the clip. I think that Toy Story 4 is going to win, even though I think that they don't like sequels. That was the clip. Oh, I, that sounds like a little bit of an edited clip. <laughs> no, I th- wasn't it going to be a uh, missing link or something that you said? Yes, because yeah, I'm just it, assuming Bob Iger paid these guys off. Yeah. That's all. Well, Missing Link won the Golden Globe for Best Animated against Toy Story 4, by the way. So, so I was that's like, what led you to believe. Well, I just thought because sequels, they tend to not win Oscars in general, no matter what they are. So, Unless your competition is crap, yeah, then you win well, there's, Oscars. There's that, I guess. There you have it. Well done. Mm-hmm. Of course, Toy Story does kind of stand apart, right? I mean, it should, it should right? I mean, okay, but here's my thing. I'm like, okay, Toy Story 4 won Best Animated Feature. It, it's not even the best Toy Story movie. Correct, but it's I the mean, best movie that was... It was the best Toy Story movie this past year. The best Toy Story movie of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Anyway. It's still good. It's probably the number three on my list of Toy Story movies. But Number three? Interesting. Yeah. 
you know, two, I actually three, went back four one. Sorry, because well, I didn't make the comment on the show, but I made a comment in like our thing that I like nothing that I ever like wins. So I decided to look back and just see the best picture mm-hmm. out of the out of what eighty three years. Wouldn't say eighty third one, something like that. Eighty three, eighty four. Yeah, out of eighty three years, roughly twenty times, twenty two times, stuff that I actually like made best picture. So. I guess it's a little better than I thought, but it's still not a large number. Yeah. So. But I mean, maybe I, you you have more refined taste than you thought. Yeah, I guess. I haven't seen, I don't think I saw any of the movies that were nominated for Best Picture last year. I haven't seen any of them. Yeah. I, and the one that won was Foreign, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parasite. That's the, Which, the first yeah. time a, a foreign film has won Best Picture, if I understand it correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I raised the question. I'm like, did they do that because they wanted to like end that? Or did they really think it was the Best Picture? <laughs> well, it know. won like every other award as well. Yeah, it won a lot. I guess I'm going to have to give it a shot now, I guess, just to see how it is. Since we're talking about this, I did come across one thing that's interesting, right? So this is the first time that uh, what what how how did the category go it was like the first time a film avengers endgame like had the highest amount of money and was not nominated for best picture like in the past the the big money maker of the year at least got nominated so like this was like the first time ever that happened or something right. like that right well yeah you mean since they started including like 10 movies in the best picture category <laughs> like well, they would throw a bone to I'm the I'm talking about ever though I don't, yeah. yeah, I feel like they didn't throw a bone until they started doing the ten movies in the in the best movie category. But the Academy, for whatever reason, does not like superhero movies. Well, it's because it's like the old Hollywood types that are voting, like Scorsese, who ripped a new one for the uh, Marvel films, and calling them theme park movies. I'm like, okay. But they're still entertaining, and they're making a lot more money than most movies. And they're they're well made too. That's the other thing; they are well yeah. made. They might be superhero, but still, apparently, only if you play the Joker do you get Oscar uh, worthy uh, praise. Only one time in the history has a horror film. Well, this is more like a suspense horror film. One one that. Uh, honor do you do you do you guys think you can take a stab at what movie that was uh i would call this movie more horror suspense but it's got to be several years back 1991 actually oh i know uh silence of the lambs that's right yes yeah yeah. it's the only time that makes sense yeah i wouldn't necessarily call it horror but yeah like thriller kind of yeah horror i think it's the only one that i mean it's you know a guy who you know, cannibalizes people. eats people. It's pretty. I, I would have classified it as a <laughs> as a cooking show. <laughs> sure. Nowadays, I think you're thinking, uh, it would be. I think you're thinking of Hannibal because that one scene actually did look like a cooking show when he was. What was it, Ray Liotta's character when he had his head sliced open and was actually cooking his brain and feeding it to him? You remember that part? Yeah. Anyway. Well, this is no longer a family show. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Anyway, moving along. Yes. Past the Oscars, yeah, Disney won at least that Oscar. I think they won uh, four total, which isn't saying a whole lot. <laughs> well, they won all the money last year. Yes, well, they got the, all oh, the yeah. money. They didn't get the accolades, but they did get the money. So so who cares? <laughs> I, I think the biggest category that they won was Toy Story 4 for Best Animated Feature. So, 
Congratulations, anyway. Disney. Yeah, well done. It's like I'm sure they'll take it, but they'll they'd rather take the money, so Yeah. All right. Okay, so I did my story. Who's next? You got one, John? Well, let's just go with something we talked about a little bit before the show. The logo for Harmonious is revealed. Yeah. Hmm. Ahead of the Epcot debut. And, um, and I, I can't say yeah. it Harmonious. Yeah. Yeah, I know. They just capitalized all of it to take away the emphasis. Didn't well, I guess if it is all and caps, they changed the o. you're still yelling, right? <laughs> yeah. Harmonious! Okay. So technically by the yeah. logo, it's Harmony Epcot Us. Right, whatever you would call that Epcot logo. Well, it's Epcot, right? the classic one, really. It's the Epcot it's been the symbol, the so Harmony Epcot Us. Yeah, that's what I'm going to call it. Harmony Epcot Us. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like a flower when you really think about it. Anyway, the Epcot logo. Yeah, kind does of it Maybe it belongs in the land. Maybe listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will sound above. Yeah, but I. I always think of classic Epcot when I see that logo, any, though, anyway. Oh, yeah. I have a t-shirt with that on it. Yeah, this is supposed to be moving ahead. I do, too. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be moving forward. Yeah, yeah I, uh, it's going to debut this year. It's one of the things that debuts. So what are we going to... I guess we'll check it out at some point. Which, uh, that's what I wanted to mention. Two news stories, uh, follow-ups from previous uh, weeks one was big top souvenirs reopened with new carpet because of flooding we talked about that last week i believe it was that they kind of bland carpet right yeah gray bland carpet right no theming to it at all so just rushed to get it reopened seemed like so it is now open again and the other one was, I saw a story saying that the Mission Space 2020 restaurant has been delayed yet again to now open April 6th instead of, I think it was supposed to, it got pushed to February, then March, and now April 6th, so delay, delay, delay. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a great restaurant considering <laughs> all these delays, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, this is not building a whole lot of confidence, is it? No, not really. Might not want to visit this on the first week, <laughs> just to just to make sure you don't get food poisoning or something. Do you get food poisoning in space? I mean, I imagine you can. That would be pretty bad if you did, right? <laughs> that would not be good. That would be very interesting, you know, the after effects and everything. Like when it comes out, like where does it go? Like it's just floating right in front of you. Does it come out slow? Right. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Never mind. Well, let me <laughs> let me just do one more quick story that was another update for a previous week, and that was Muppet Vision 3D has reopened, and the theater has gotten a fresher look, but it doesn't look like looks like maybe the budget got cut a little bit on this because I'm, you know, some of the pictures show the seats still look worn. I think they did some work to the seats, you know, because the seats were in really bad shape. But it looks like they did do some work to it. Uh, but the stage and the uh, walls and everything, everything looks like more freshly uh, painted or cleaned or whatever they've done to it. So, Well, the only thing I know is there's a giant crack at the entrance <laughs> that's been there for 30 years or so. Right. So they haven't fixed that. So, Well, I, I will say at the end of the show, a lot of times the theater looks pretty rough. I will say that. Like, yeah holes in the walls and cracks everywhere um <laughs> and see they miraculously <laughs> fix that like every minute every show yeah it seems to yeah. like 
the like next time seconds. I'm there, it's fixed. So I guess it's pretty yeah. quick. They turn that around. So needs to be under refurb quite often, I guess. I mean, a fire truck <laughs> yeah. literally backs in. Yeah. It and Kermit's on a ladder show. sitting there. Like, That's Do you impressive. think they could send the Muppets over to Rise of the Resistance to fix it every time you finish a ride? Because it, it seems to have the same problem. Yeah, it sounds like the Muppets are experts at fixing things. All right. Jason's turn. Oh, it's my turn? I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to mention is if you had checked out Bio Reconstruct's aerial photographs of the uh, new Star Wars Intergalactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Have you seen it yet? The cruise ship on land. It looks pretty drab is how I would describe it. (laughs) (laughs) basically it's not going to be very tall it looks like a gray building and considering the fact that they're not putting any windows in it (laughs) and this is another question someone had put on twitter after these pictures came out will this be the only disney hotel that does not have a pool maybe they'll have an indoor pool of some sort but do you have a Mm. pool in the star cruiser I don't think there's any intentions, no. Have you ever seen a pool in a Star Wars movie? Like, for no. recreational purposes? You've seen, like, water that people have gotten in, but... The closest thing I recall is the Sarlacc pit, so... No. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Gungan traveling right. in space, do you need something thinking. to... Oh, yeah. You have an underwater city, but that wouldn't be on a space cruiser, so that'd be kind of weird. Anyways, I'm just saying that this is going to be one of those things that doesn't look like it's going to be a pleasant drive up to. Are they just going to put you in blackout windows and cover your head? And, <laughs> you know, That's why they're building that big wall in front of the entrance. Come to think of it, I've never seen anyone take a shower in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Do you want any... to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never seen any indication that there is a shower. Well, I've also never seen anybody go to the bathroom. I've never seen anybody, <laughs> you know... Well, there, there's a lot of things that don't make it into any movie. They allude to it in Mandalorian yeah, I in guess, the first episode. I can say they allude to it in other movies, though. Like, they have bathrooms that you can tell that they exist. Right. I've never seen one exist in the Star Wars universe. Can you imagine <laughs> Jabba the Hutt taking a shower? <laughs> is that is that the not. scene you would have uh, you would have storyboarded yeah. right there? Right. I'm just trying to think of what's the grossest character uh, anyway. taking a shower. Anyway. <laughs> No, no, no. This is we're um, in a weird mood tonight. Apparently, apparently. we are in um, a weird mood. <laughs> I couldn't help oh, but boy. think that this is you know we've made the comparisons of the Star Wars hotel to a cruise ship mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like the way people get on and everything like that. Yeah, and the stay and all that good stuff. How you're you're staying with all the same people and then getting off with all the same people. Mm-hmm. So. I said this would also be considered a cruise ship, I guess, with all inside staterooms with magical portholes, I guess, because of the, mm-hmm. I the mean, no windows. Unless they actually intend to fly this thing into space. Right. doesn't look like it can fly based on what I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Some, they may uh, have drawn those plans fly. up. They don't have the guy from Flight of Passage to help them fly. Yeah, and so. you saw that that guy was in one of the final episodes of The Good Place. Yeah, nice little cameo there. Nice little cameo. Did he say, did he say fly? No. Uh, he didn't, but turns out that guy gets into The Good Place. Spoiler alert. Oh, that's great. <laughs> great. I have not seen any of it. 
That's not really a spoiler considering this guy is in the entire series for approximately a minute. Right. (laughs) Right. So he's in more than that one scene apparently then? I think he's in the background. I think that is his entire role as a speaking character. Yeah. And he does not say a fly even (laughs) once. I was going to say, they didn't want to give him too long of a spot or too many lines after watching... uh... His 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 haircut is different too. It was harder. I almost didn't recognize him. <laughs> his voice is what I recognized, but not not his face. It was a, he looked a little different. All right. So that was mine. I, I have more, but I'm gonna wait my turn. Well, I was, I was just gonna move on to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party dates. We may have touched on this, but they haven't announced them yet this year. Which which last year they announced them like super early. They announced them on January the fifteenth last year. Believe it or not, if y'all remember, mm-hmm. not typical. Just to give you an example, two thousand eighteen they did March nineteenth. Two thousand seventeen it was May tenth. Sixteen the twenty third. You know, it typically was in May. I mean, that's the one that's been announced in the most, right? But what's interesting is that they haven't announced the actual dates yet. Is they do have on the calendar they have the early closing dates for Magic Kingdom already set and they start as early as August the 13th and then they have dates that are spaced out like you would think the party would be in which they have early closures but yet they haven't announced it. Any particular reason you guys think they wouldn't have announced the party date since they appear to have them set as far as the hours go? Maybe they aren't 100% committed yet and because they've been changing a lot of the hours and the hours right now I feel are not nearly as close to final as they usually are. I mean... We don't have anything in the summer that is super late. I feel like even spring break hasn't been extended to be the hours it's probably going to land on. Right. They seem to be holding out a little bit on their, you know, sort of final hours until, you know, a month out. Yeah. It's almost like they don't want to overextend themselves. Like they really want to leave it open for possibilities of mm-hmm. extensions or even retractions in some cases. Maybe maybe they would cut cut the hours. It's not typical, but... Maybe they're checking to determine when Ratatouille is going to open and stuff like that to see what dates they want to try to funnel. Yeah, they got over a few things Epcot. going on this year. Yeah, Runaway Railway, mm-hmm. which Harmony Epcot us. <laughs> which since I brought it up, we did. Did we mention the Fast Pass part with it last week? I don't even remember. <laughs> no, because it <laughs> was the for it didn't happen then. I don't think okay. it was out until like the day after, of course. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. I know Jason has the yeah. fast pass okay. stuff on his, up his sleeve. Yep. But I did want to bring up another small story here about Carousel of Progress, which... Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yet again has some issues. This time, just that dad's hand fell off in the 1900s scene. His hand is just laying on the floor. <laughs> and uh, he's got kind of a stubby uh, Buster Bluth hook kind of looking hand maybe a seal bit it off i don't know it was a different time yeah they're taking this whole star wars integration thing just too far <laughs> right Andy. now what would have been funny is someone came up on the stage with a lightsaber and <laughs> cut it off <laughs> <laughs> but the butter yeah. churn is back i noticed that in the picture so that's good the churn's back but he can't turn it it's without a hand it. so <laughs> that's kind of sad <laughs> maybe somebody hates the idea that they were potentially churning butter they're gonna stop it no matter what <laughs> like first the churner was taken away now the churner's there and they take the hand away yeah so if you want to go to carousel of progress ask for his hand 
Oh, brother. And, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but no, it's probably back now. But it looks like it's literally just a rubber hand that's just stuck on top of whatever it is. It doesn't really move much. So Kind of like Luke's hand. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a... That's the thing about today's social media world. This would have never been news had it not been for everybody in the world has a camera on their, on their person at all times now. So this kind of every thing, little thing, yeah, every little change. Because they probably fixed it right after this happened, and they noticed. You know, hopefully the cast member running the attraction noticed that and just ran up there and stuck it back on. Right? I mean, hopefully only one cycle went through and saw this, but. You know, when you say talking about changes, like I saw or just happened to watch a video recently on Space Mountain, like a tribute video to it. Uh, I can't remember if it was one of Martin Smith's videos or not. It might have been. But there were some subtle changes and stuff over the years that I just wouldn't have thought of. Mm -hmm. uh, some of it because probably because I was too young to ride the ride at the time that some of these changes took place. But just some things mm -hmm. that I don't think most people think about that were changes to that right. that ride over the years. Yeah. Very interesting. And now there are people there literally every day that would notice anything change. Yeah. And it's like makes headline news if anything has changed overnight. Like, oh, overnight this changed. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. There was a time period in the That's news late now. 80s, I think it was, mm -hmm. with Space Mountain, where they actually considered making alterations to the track, but it never went through. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Really, another quick one that I'll throw in here because these are really short little stories is that I think we mentioned last week that making Minnie's Runaway Railway sign was put up in front of the Chinese theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but now they're showing it at night lit up. So it looks really cool. I like I, this is a very cool sign. It looks to me very old school Hollywood Studios kind of look to it, doesn't it? I was going to say things that made people complain once again. What uh, what are people complaining? What doesn't about? right? Why who who what are they complaining about? I haven't seen complaints. Talking about them covering up the Chinese theater, oh. and then some people mm -hmm. made like showed pictures of them literally like the real Chinese theater being covered up by lights with right. like, for um right certain films mm -hmm. or advertising films in the past. Well, then there used so. to be this giant sorcerer's Mickey yeah. hat right in front of the Chinese theater for years. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was like, yeah. you know, that was one of the best things I've ever, that was like the only thing I've ever celebrated Disney taking down, I think. Yes. I remember when they were taking that down, it was. And some people were like, out. oh, I missed the hat. I'm like, are you serious? I was stupid. You must have Everybody. never seen Hollywood Studios before the hat. It was a pin store <laughs> under the giant hat. That's all it yes. was. Stupid. Now it's a giant Star Wars stage, though. Anyway. You know what day I'm going to cheer when Disney gets rid of something? What? What's what that? are we cheering? The Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> yeah, of course. I was like, I knew it as soon as I asked why. I was like, oh, that, of course. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, and the Epcot wand, I was also cheering when that came down, finally. Oh, yeah, the wand on top of Space Birth, yeah. Yes. That was pretty bad. But I, I mentioned, you know, it looks like old school MGM Studios because, you know, they have the Pluto wagging its tail, and this is Mickey and Minnie waving very similar looking neon sign. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's yeah. it's kind of a nod to the old days in a way. I think it looks great. So I'm yeah, excited. it really kind of fits it more better than yeah, much more yeah. better. Yeah, much more better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like you said. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was uh, gonna throw in here too when we're talking about things that 
people actually miss that mm-hmm. most people don't, I guess. Believe it or not, there is, you know, there's a fan base for everything. You know, it's kind of like there's a people who are devoted to the prequels in Star Wars. But there are people who actually mm-hmm. miss the Cake Castle and actually enjoyed the Cake Castle. Probably because that's when they went on their only trip or something like that. But right. there are people that actually miss the Cake Castle. Even though it wasn't complete, if you ever looked at the backside. Yeah. Right, it's kind of like the the way they it do was, the Christmas lights now. They don't yeah. <laughs> put anything on the back. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, the birthday cake, that was interesting. It was okay. I'm glad it was temporary. It didn't last very long. That's the only thing I can say. That was okay. For but a if year. they had like kept for, that, yeah. yeah. If they had months. kept that for longer than a year, I mean, I think there would have been bloodshed. Right. Well, <laughs> are they going to paint it gold for the 50th? They're just going to paint the whole castle gold? That'd be cool. They did something in 2005 during the 100 years of something, or 100 years of magic, if you remember that. They had something that kind of a nod to one of the foreign parks on it. Mm-hmm. It had kind of kind of gold trim. That was okay. Like I said, it's neat seeing it spruced up every once in a while. But You think they they'll could celebrate just... the 50th next year, or do you think they'll just <laughs> let that go without a big fanfare? Yeah. I don't know. They might do something. Oh, okay. Might have a little party. Okay, we'll Just see. Little... You know, there was a time whenever they actually celebrated, celebrated, I and mean, it kind of faded. Well, do you think it'll be way. during the day, or do you think that'll be a paid after-hours event? <laughs> uh, I was going to say uh, they'll definitely have that. I'm sure it'll it'll probably be both. But they'll, have, they'll have separate, and it'll be a 50-minute party for the 50th. They'll have a 50th dessert party. It'll cost $50,000. Back to the dessert parties. <laughs> how how many? Uh, <laughs> how much extra can you charge for a dessert party if it's celebrating the 50th anniversary? If you're Disney, I mean, apparently a good bit. Because right. they're already 100 bucks. I don't know. Right. Like, $200. <laughs> yeah, probably. You can't put That'll a price you, on it. Well, it, related to your story, Adam, did you also see mm. that they moved up the ending date? For the Galaxy Far, Far Away stage show, it's now ending not in March. It's going to end February 22nd, so. Well, hurry up and see it. Well, Would you miss it? No. I guess we won't <laughs> be able to see it uh, when we're there later this month, because it'll be over. Yeah. I don't really care that much about it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even know that it was there. I don't have it. I always know that personally. if you're walking by it during the show, you cover your ears, because at some point... <laughs> It's going to be the loudest pyrotechnics in the world if you're walking by it and you're not expecting it. Well, without this stage show blocking all that area and without the March of the First Order getting in our way, how are we going to handle being able to move unimpeded through the center of Hollywood Studios? I think we're going to dance like the sound of music. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. They're actually getting rid of the March of the First Order? (laughs) The hills are alive. <laughs> so I thought the uh, the March of the First Order ended back when they opened Galaxy's Edge because they marched them into Galaxy's Edge. Oh, that was their send-off for it? Maybe so. Disney owns Sound of Music now, so fun so uh, Right. I can say that without copyright infringement. I'm trying to I, think. I'm pretty Is sure that... your rendition was so close that they're probably going to get you for the copyright mm-hmm. infringement. <laughs> In the courtyard area, or whatever you would call it, around the great movie ride, uh, are they playing different music now? I've never noticed. I mean, I can't... It's hard to tell, obviously, with, like you said, Star Wars music happening every five seconds. Yeah. So there probably was no point in having anything over there. But I'm trying to think if there was any... 
you know, because there used to be a pretty good soundtrack when it was uh, mm-hmm. soundtrack. You used to hear a lot of movie when it was soundtrack stuff. Yeah, right? when it was great I movie. I remember now. Yeah, I'm like yeah. having a hard time remembering what I've heard lately. Yeah, hmm. I just wonder: are they going to update that? Is it going to be more geared toward Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway? Maybe right. More Disney themed. Could be like cartoon music. Maybe we'll find out. I guess in yeah. a few days. I've always had a thing for the ambiance music, though. I've always paid attention to that and over the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I try yes. to find it. Collecting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's your turn, Jason. Oh, it's, is, it, is it officially my turn? Yeah, let's, back to you. I was just going to bring up the fast pass troubles that people were running into. Yes. The people going early March, I think it was like March 1st through 12th or something like that, some of them were reporting glitches where their fast passes for Hollywood studios were being changed. For instance, they got an email that Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run Fast Pass was replaced with Voyage of the Little Mermaid or Disney Junior Dance Party. It turns out there was a huge glitch that seemed to be somewhat caused by Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, perhaps. But we also have reports that this is a potentially part of a glitch that other people have seen happen before where Sometimes they'll change park hours, either removing a park hour at the beginning or adding park hours later, and they'll allow you to start booking fast passes, and they don't end up fixing the back end, and sometimes they'll just recognize you have a fast pass, decide there's no park hours, and then kick out a multi-experience for you. So some people are getting multi-experiences, some people are getting bad fast passes. It was uh, quite the interesting dilemma, and it's going to be interesting to see now with all all of these glitches, how many multi-experiences people are going to end up with in Hollywood studios, and if this is going to really feed to even more insane behaviors that first week that Mickey and Minnie's is open, where standbys will just be three hours for every ride. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. If you were to get that email, would you call Disney to get it fixed, or would you just take your Disney Junior Dance Party over Smuggler's Run? No, I haven't seen the new one yet, so... I would probably just go with what they gave me because yeah. they know best, right? It's kind of like what the a preview of the Disney Genie, right? Right, right. <laughs> Pretty much. We, we know, we you, know like. you wanted to ride that, but have you considered <laughs> Disney Junior Dance Party? <laughs> right. Or Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Or Muppet Vision Sounds 3D. Great. It's uh, real <laughs> right. hard to get Fast Pass. <laughs> right. It's like, have you seen Voyage of the Little Mermaid? It's only been here for 30 years. Right. <laughs> if you haven't, you really should because... Because you can see it in all of its glory from 30 years ago. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you brought up Voyage of the Little Mermaid because Maddie wanted to watch The Little Mermaid. And I, like, I pulled it up on Disney Plus because I never pulled up on Disney Plus before. The DVD version we had, I looked at it and I was like, something doesn't look right about that. It's like the quality or something. But it's the exact same quality on Disney Plus. So apparently there is like nothing they can do to that film at this point that can make it better. Really? So that's probably why it looks like it does still on Voice of the Little Mermaid because I would have thought they would have updated it or something to stream it on Disney Plus, but I'm like, no, it still looks like it came from 1989. Oh, wow. Um, so I, yeah, I'm just, I was kind of surprised that I was, because I could have swore it looked newer, like even back then. I thought yeah. maybe it was just a dated copy or something, but apparently it's not. So if you ever get a chance to give that a look, just you like look at that and it's like, wow, this looks bad. Not good. There's just something about it. And I guess it's just the copy, the master copy, maybe even. Hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, it Is just, that why they're remaking it live action? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe. But it's just something. It's like it looks dull or something. I can't explain it. I was like, I used to remember this being a little more colorful, it seemed like. 
Yeah. But I don't know. Interesting, because uh, when you see the Voyage of the Little Mermaid show, they show clips from the movie, and it looks terrible, and maybe it's not so bad after all. <laughs> maybe it's <laughs> yeah. just showing what the movie actually Maybe it's looks just like. the way it always was. <laughs> We've seen so much better color-wise since then that right. like now it looks really bad to us. <laughs> this is what it looks like in 4K. Yeah. It's not going to help it any. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Well, we'll get the live-action remake any day now, right? Yeah. All right. You can always ride the somewhat decent ride at Magic Kingdom that's much better than the show at Hollywood Studios. Yeah. But anyways, mm. it is related to that Fast Pass news is the fact that also, I, I think we mentioned this last week, or no, we said it came out after our show last week, that Mickey and Minnie's yeah. Runaway Railway has Fast Passes, which is when this glitch sort of started. So starting March 4th, right, right. you can get Fast Passes for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. They're all out. So if you don't have one... Sorry, uh, you're going to need to be looking at 60 days out. Now we went from having like every ride be a tier one to now we have three tier one rides, correct? That's how it seems mm-hmm. to be looking. Yeah. As we have Mickey and Minnie's, Slinky Dog, and Millennium Falcon's Smuggler's Run. So all things being equal, if you logged on 60 days before your trip, which one would you pick? I would pick Mickey and Minnie's, of course. Because you haven't done it. Yeah, right no, away railway. The one you haven't done. Yeah, yeah, right away railway. I would say that'd be the one I would go for, but I would take whichever one I could get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. We're just assuming that runaway railway is going to be the new hardest one to get, right? I mean, this is going to help <laughs> for a time period. Yeah, I think this is going to help spread the wealth a little bit, though. On tier ones, I'm glad they finally have three good, solid tier ones. Uh, my prediction over time is Slinky will go back to the hardest one. Over time. Yeah, people probably. like coasters. And it has the lowest capacity, probably, right, of the three, I would think, or close to it. Hang on. We'll see. <laughs> so I would think it would be harder to get just because of that. Yeah. But yeah, to start with until people get a feel of it. Runaway I mean, railway. even though, I mean, maybe it depends on how good Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is. I mean, how yeah. well it's received. They are banking just, on it, man, because they're already building it in California, and they've got plans to expand it even further. So they are really banking on this ride being e-ticket. So, well, when you talked about plans to expand it even further, I'm thinking you're talking overseas. But in mm. Disney's case, they right. estimate that they yes. are losing 175 million due to the coronavirus internationally. Yeah. So, because of both Shanghai and Hong Kong, they remain closed. It should be closed for months, probably. Yeah, I think as they're talking about estimating a two-month closure on each of those. Shanghai, of course, the biggest loss of that. Uh, they're estimating it at 135 million versus 40 million in Hong Kong. Yeah. So we will see. That yeah. came about in the investors call last week. Well, I don't think it's going to entirely hurt them. Uh, I think their their stock's still doing all right. Oh no, yeah, their stock still jumped because they they well they pretty much rode the backs of. Um, of Disney Plus from the from the looks of things um, mm-hmm. this past quarter. Yeah, that so, definitely helped. Yeah. Did you guys see that picture of the fire at Disneyland behind the yeah, Main Street Fire yeah, Department of that. all places? <laughs> I never heard anything beyond that. But it seems like everything was okay and everything reopened the next day. There was a few buildings that had loss of power because of it. But there's like a huge inferno behind the Main Street Fire Department in some of the videos and stuff that was on Twitter. I haven't heard anything since, so obviously it must not have been too bad. That was 
four or five days ago as of we're recording this. So. so recently we've had smoke coming out from under People Mover. We've had yes. Big Top <laughs> on fire and now and flooded. <laughs> Disneyland on fire. So what's going on here? I don't know. Yeah. Seems like everything's okay, thankfully, so that's good. All I know is we didn't start the fire. <laughs> it's always burning. <laughs> yeah. All yep. right. Hollywood Studios, going back over there for a moment, is going to have evening extra magic hours through August with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opening. They're expecting people to do a lot of being on the rope, but they're not going to offer morning hours there for the foreseeable future. So they're just going to do night hours or late hours through August. And Rise doesn't run during magic hours, supposedly. Right. I think it's going to start when Runaway Railway opens, actually. I think they're going to start doing just the regular opening and then have evening hours when they have extra magic hours. I love that they're opening all these rides that everybody wants to ride, but back in September when they opened Smuggler's Run, they had it open at 6 a.m. every day. Right. Nobody was there. (laughs) Yeah. Which, I mean, I was perfectly okay with those early hours because, I mean, I got to take advantage of a lot of things that way. It was just me, but I was perfectly fine with it. Speaking of the crowds, just to walk you through some of the most recent days, we're looking at an overall park crowd on... This past weekend, on Friday, the overall crowds were a 7. On Saturday, the overall crowd was a 10, with Magic Kingdom at a 10, Epcot at a 10, Hollywood Studios at a 9, and Animal Kingdom at a 10. What happened on Saturday? Sunday was not much better. It was a 9, with Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood at 9s, and Animal Kingdom at a 10. What was going on this weekend that got... wasn't Hollywood Studios with the 10s, but... Animal Kingdom with two days back-to-back 10s over the weekend. What was going on? Any theories? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. There was a Twitter post where someone said, incorrect theories only. Obviously incorrect theories only. No. <laughs> okay. And the best one was someone, uh, I think it was John Welch wrote that the uh, Yeti was fixed. That's why Animal Kingdom was experiencing <laughs> such high crowds. John would I... get in the uh, car and head down, right? <sighs> Exactly. <laughs> he probably would. <laughs> Get it on video yeah. before it breaks again. Yeah, try to. I have kind of a long shot in a way theory as it there are people that seem to be looking for uh cooler times to go now as far as weather, uh more so than they seem to have ever. Hence the summer being lower, believe it or not, than it had than it used to be for the last what, at least three years. Yeah. I think people maybe are trying to pick times of year when they think the weather is going to be the most manageable. Maybe but that I mean, has something to do with it. But I mean, it's bookended not on the weekends by like sevens. So something about, yeah. like, this wasn't a holiday weekend. This is supposed to be in sort of a lull where we get between, you know, the MLK crowds, the uh, the marathon crowds, and then we have, you know, later in February, we start to get people with, like, winter breaks and... The right. beginning of spring, break, spring breaks. And it holidays. just seems like a weird weekend to just be super crowded. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, maybe there's enough people listening and pay attention to the when to go now. Maybe yeah. maybe it's finally made a difference. Yeah. I have to say, though, we went you know last year mid-July, and it was great. Like, of course it was hot, and you had to dodge some thunderstorms in the afternoons, but after those afternoon thunder showers. It cooled way off, you know, it was nice and relaxing, and 
I think summer is not bad. I mean, again, you got to be able to withstand the heat and dodge some rain, but... Did you get some good hours? Yeah, we had a yeah. great time that week. Yeah, I'm looking back at that history. We Those crowds ranged from five to seven while we were there. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. It was great. So I would recommend going in the summer, to be honest. I think it's the best time, one of the best times to go. I think that late July trip that we took back in 09, going way back, I yeah. mean, that was a good time, believe it or not. I mean, it we was. had the Brazilian tour groups to deal with occasionally, depending on where you were. But overall, I thought it was still fine, wait time-wise and crowd-wise and everything. And that we didn't even use FastPass then, you know, because right, it was yeah. paper, paper FastPass then. Yeah, It still did everything we wanted to do. Yeah, and, and as far as the weather goes, I mean, like, if I walk outside at my house in July, it's no different than walking outside in Florida, truthfully. Um, yeah, maybe that's one July. thing. We are kind of acclimated in some sense to the humidity of summer uh, yeah. based on where we're located. But Well, if you go back and look at the temperatures on record in this area of the country, it's actually hotter in July than it is in central Florida. So, yeah, yeah, there are day, yeah, there are days when the temperatures <laughs> the same or are yeah. lower, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Just depends on the day. But there was one day. <laughs> yeah, I've told that story my, where my wife was pregnant with our youngest and almost fainted because it was ninety-eight degrees or ninety-nine. It might have been ninety-nine degrees at Epcot that day. <laughs> that was yeah. in June. So Different factor. Yeah. There's there's some there's some days where it gets insanely hot. There are, but well, when you're pregnant, you're already supposed to keep drink hydrated as yeah. it is. Yeah, and then right. you factor that in. Yeah, you know, the heat in, in yeah, it makes a difference. Right. So yeah, that was that was bad. But for the most part, even those kind of even that trip uh, wasn't bad. After that, we had plenty of uh, those good times. So I would recommend June, July. August. I, I don't think they're bad times to go. Anyway. I always thought late late July was pretty good times. Yeah. I know late July was good when we went to California, but that's totally a different animal. Oh, yeah. Very different. Anybody, any other news stories? I was going to give an update on how Rise did this week. Yeah, yeah. Favorite ride I've never ridden, <laughs> despite my attempts. Anyways, so right. uh, <laughs> over the past week consistently we've had you know 8 a.m to 8 p.m days at mm-hmm. hollywood studios you know it's switched from the 7 a.m open to the 8 a.m open and with that pretty consistently they've been handing out about 63 boarding groups before they go to backup and that is except for saturday where they handed out 74 but the weird thing is is every day except saturday the first boarding group to get called was boarding group two And on Saturday, the first boarding group was boarding group 13. So the difference between the first boarding group and the first backup boarding group has been the same every day. It's been about 62 boarding groups. It's just that one day they decided to start at 13. I don't know why. So I'm assuming no one gets group 12 and they just don't get called. So why do they just decide to start? Are they trying to make up from the previous day at all or anything? In that early time? I mean, the day before... That one was one of the was a really bad day. They were only doing about five point five groups an hour. So let's just look at the final group called uh, starting on Monday of last week. Yeah. So Monday, okay. February third, the final group called was one hundred and thirteen. Okay. 
Tuesday, they got up to 125. Wednesday, they got to 67. Yikes. Thursday was 120. Friday was 68. Saturday was 129. Wow. And Sunday was 108. So we had two days where they barely got into the backup boarding groups. Wow. That's scary. Yeah, it just seems to be random, doesn't it? There's no real rhyme or reason. Yeah. It's just whatever. Just the ride decides to break down a lot one day and works much better the next, apparently. so. There's only been, over the last couple of weeks, there's only been two days where we've gotten an average of 12 boarding groups per hour, which 12 boarding groups per hour is what I've seen to be basically peak operations, right? That's a boarding group every five minutes. So... We're mostly seeing things ranging from five boarding groups an hour to the, quote, good days would be more like nine to ten boarding groups an hour. It's still not reliable by any stretch of the imagination, and there's no way to predict it either. I mean, some days it's just awful. Some days it runs smoothly. Hopefully they're collecting a lot of data and learning how to make this better because... This kind of operations is not going to be sustainable long-term. I know there's lots of demand for people to ride it, but that's not the issue. The issue is not the demand. The issue is they have a really inconsistent supply, and some of that supply is not predictable. You know, you get some half the people on some days than you do other days. And their method of how to deal with it is not the best either. Just saying. Oh, and by the way, every day in the past week, the boarding groups were gone in one minute. Uh, backup boarding groups lasted anywhere from 9 to 23 minutes or so, but yeah, the regular boarding groups were gone within a minute every day. You know, I got to be yeah. honest, as awesome as this ride looks and as much in, much as it was anticipated, just based on what I've seen since opening, I don't know if I want to go through what I'd have to go through just to ride it. I don't. I, I got to be honest, I don't know that if I would see it worth it I mean, my, my enthusiasm to, to have to get onto it has kind of faded. And I just wonder if there are other people out there starting to feel the same way. I mean. Jason, when you've tried to practice pulling the boarding group, have you seen inconsistencies in the time where your app displays? Yeah. You know, it used to be that if by. you go to my status and you do the refresh, that it mm-hmm. would turn boarding group. But I've seen other people report the same thing I'm now starting to see is that my status, you could sit there and refresh all day and it won't change to join boarding group till it's too late. It seems to be that the current best strategy I'm hearing is you want to basically open the app seconds before they start distributing boarding groups and just get in there right at the right time. So you're going to like the best strategy would be to have a watch that's very accurate has a, a second, second hand time. and open the app right as eight o'clock hits. Or I guess you could watch at seven fifty when your clock switches to seven fifty nine. Have someone start a timer at that point. Uh, too. I would keep the second hand. I mean, it is. Yeah. If you are getting it at thirty seconds, you might be at backup boarding groups. I mean, it, they're only handing yeah. out sixty three groups, and that's crazy. It's. it's it's gone within seconds. Wow. Gone in 60 seconds. Isn't that a movie? Uh, yes. Yes. Is that yeah, about it is. Rise of, it's, with Nick Cage. It actually stars your friend <laughs> that's filming right next to you. Yeah, Nick Cage. <laughs> Please tell me you're going to be in the Nick Cage movie that's filming by your house. 
No, I will not. Maybe you can trade faces with Nicolas Cage. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> you know, I hope, hope I don't. Maybe you can. Maybe uh, you can uh, ride on the same plane with him. Mm, yes, as a convict, too. perhaps. Oh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I I got I I love that movie. I mean, I really do. Still to this day. I mean, I do. Well, I will say though, for this, I will be interested in seeing this movie. The movie is going to be called Willie's Wonderland. But okay. I'm curious because the days that they filmed in this location, we had very warm, cloudy weather, torrential rain, and snow. The the days that they filmed, so I'm like, I'm curious what this is going to look like. Maybe they engineered that. That's, uh, <laughs> it's called Willie's Wonderland, huh? So in my mind, what I have is I'm like, this is based on like a a bad trip. Of Willie Nelson, <laughs> it could. <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe it is. Maybe that's the end of the movie. You just wake up and he's on his tour bus, and it's like, boy, that was some strong weed. <laughs> anyway, I might as well say the plot of the movie is that it's a abandoned theme park that has animatronics that come to life and start attacking Nicolas Cage, who's the janitor at this. I don't know why he's a janitor at a broken down abandoned theme park, but there you have it. So it is kind of related to Disney. Yeah, there you go. I'm trying to make the theme park uh, connection there. Maybe they're going to have some sort of Disney shout-outs and some of the attractions that come to life. And If if they really want to make it scary, then it's going to be Small World that comes to life. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it would be interesting. I, I'm reminded of the line from Ian Malcolm in uh, Jurassic Park where when uh, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't right. eat the tourists. Well, in this movie, they do. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Enough about that. And I lost my last train of thought. I don't know. It apparently went on a runaway railway. Uh-huh. Ah, 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 well, ah, I'll ah, preview ah, something. <laughs> right. I thought of a uh, something we could probably do for Patreon, but I'll sample a little bit of it here, and that is kind of going through the current week in Disney history and go back and look through some things that happened through the many long, almost 100 years of Disney history. And one thing, just mentioning a few things that pop out, like uh, February 13th, 1996, the Epcot Test Track Preview Center opened. But Hmm. the attraction would not be ready for a soft open until December of 1998. And of course, not until January of '99 when it opened. So, so yeah, that was like the longest preview center, <laughs> longest running preview center of any attraction ever. Yeah, pretty much. Because I remember being there in '97 and they were testing it. You could hear the right. the cars going by, but uh, it actually helped extend Horizons' life uh, yeah, longer which, than they originally would have. Yeah, so I guess that so, was good. Hoot and Chief, uh, if you've seen that documentary. Got to ride it more because of that. They may have sabotaged Test Track. Now that I think about it, that may have been the reason why it took longer. (laughs) Oops. So, February 11th, 1918, Imagineer, legendary Imagineer, I should say, Blaine Gibson was born. Hmm. So, happy birthday, Blaine Gibson. So, some of his, of course, he did the Lincoln, from Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, he did the Lincoln head for the animatronic a lot of stuff from pirates and haunted mansion 
Tiki Room. He did a lot of the uh, sculpture and those attractions. Cool. I think that's a good, say, what, Patreon kind of thing. Just do a little recap of some of the things that stand out. Let us know. Sure. If you out there, listeners, want to hear some of those things. That sounds good to me. I want to hear it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to subscribe to Patreon, I think. And I think I mentioned to you guys that I kind of want to do at least a little something on the cruise line ever more, a little more often. Yeah. Um, we could do, you know, add a segment to the show, but if we have, if we don't have enough time, we can always spill over into Patreon. Yeah. Cause I, I've been doing research and kind of confirming certain things that I discovered or known to be true for me when it comes to the cruise line and putting that together. So hopefully I'll have some more complete information the next time we do an episode. Yeah. Uh, any other news? Are we going to do anything else before we wrap up this show? So the Every Ride Challenge is going to add a new wrinkle. They have announced they are going to do a point system. I think we have discussed this in the past that we thought this was a idea that was worth exploring where mm-hmm. you assign a point value to each ride based on, you know, the difficulty to ride it, how long the ride takes, things like that, some bonuses for park completions. Because we're kind of in an era right now where it's very hard to get a completion and it would be fun to still be able to follow the challenge and have something to optimize. So we don't know yet what the point values will be. All that's been said is there will be multiple tiers where, you know, it'll be anywhere from like, you know, one to 25 points for a ride. Uh, I think I've heard there's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of seven tiers of rides. Uh, There will be park completion bonuses. So... With that, which rides, I guess, do we think are going to land in the uh, top tiers, in your opinion? Well, I think we all know one that's pretty obvious. Rise of the Resistance? I mean, that's going to be the most points, right? I mean, it's got to be. Carousel of Progress? (laughs) That's an interesting one because of the amount of time it takes, right? You have to factor that in. Yeah, I think reliability is an interesting one. Obviously, Rise is not that reliable, but if we're going to go back to Rise that aren't that reliable, then we got to throw Test Track in there. Yeah, right. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, is that going to be one of those? Just because it's a popular ride? I mean, It'll be near the, t- near the top, but it's not as hard as it once was, I don't think. You guys think so? I mean... And I guess the question is not just the tier ones, but which rides would most guests think are easy rides that would be worth more points than you would expect and i do think carousel of progress is going to land on that just because of the length Mm -hmm. of the ride yeah Uh, are there any other rides that you think will be like main street vehicles i think is going to have quite a few points attached to it just because of the 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 length of time it runs yeah yeah very short window of time there yeah Mm. what about like the wildlife express train that's quite a a timely commitment as well yeah, I don't know. If, mm. It's probably mid midpoint range, I would think, even still, just because it's not, I don't know. I don't know what all the criteria is. It's going to be interesting to see what criteria you judge these on. But, um, yeah, and I like the idea of potentially marathoning a ride and trying to rack up points that way. I got Here's a good question. What do you think would be the most challenging of, say, the mountain ranges? Which one would you put in the, the highest? Which one do you think is the most difficult? Space Mountain, probably. That's what I would probably pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of downtime, too, though. Yeah, that's, that's one reason why I was thinking that, too, because it does have a lot of downtime. I think it has the longest wait, usually, as well. Um, 
especially if you rope Big Thunder, you could do Big Thunder Splash a couple of times before it got a, a big weight. So, you know, for whatever reason, if you go through all the mountains at Disney World, the most reliable is probably Everest. I mean, I hardly ever see anything problems with Everest. I think I'll agree with the space point. I think space would be the one that's going to get the the most points. And I think Splash maybe will be the one that gets the least. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd say. Especially depending on the time of year. Yeah, you could could easily get a lot of Splash rides in. Except that Splash is a longer ride, which is the other. It is longer, yeah. It is longer. I think, I still think the easiest one's going to be Everest. That's just me. Well, I'm just excited. I think we will debate the final points, but I'm excited that this opens up, you know, trying to maximize points without rerides. You could do maximize points with rerides. You could say, can I, you know, maximize points under certain conditions? Can I say, what Mm -hmm. are the, what are the maximum points you can get before a certain time of the day? All sorts of things that people can do to keep the challenge interesting when completions are pretty much not possible. Right, yeah. And of course, Mermaid should be tier one. <laughs> right. The Lynch. Pool. Oh, Little Mermaid? I think that one's going to yeah. be worth about 30 <laughs> points. Sure. Yeah. And as Jason uh, has said on Twitter, he wants rafts to be <laughs> extra points, right? Well, I just wanted to. I just. I think. I think rafts should be at least five points. Not uh, negative five. They were saying they're going to do <laughs> minus five. If they do, I am still going to ride it. I'm going to take the minus five points. Take the hit. <laughs> I might even hit. go for most negative. I might see how negative I could get. It, you know, just keep riding. Just by riding the rafts. The rafts. Yeah. Go the golf <laughs> score. Uh, I thought. I thought I was supposed to lowest score was best. <laughs> and if they do put a negative on the rafts, I got to know: is it a full cycle in the rafts considered one? You know, if I you know, how, how do I keep scoring points? Right there and back. I know this probably doesn't sound as exciting based on what we've all done all that, but I would actually kind of like to see somebody come up with a version of the challenge that doesn't involve something that's transportation because some of those rides I do consider transportation I'm personally, like the rafts, for instance. Ooh, ooh, John. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It's a ride. <laughs> I mean, we have it, a traitor it, amongst us. Well, Next thing I know you're going to be defending the rise lottery. I don't know. No, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> But here's here's the thing. I was like, you include some some things that actually the purpose of it is a transport is a mode of transportation. You wouldn't be on it otherwise. Well, I'm gonna drop a bombshell. Jason's own wife uh, agrees with you, John. So <laughs> <laughs> at least that's the last I've heard. Yeah, of. we are in a house divided. For those of you who are listening, my wife uh, has heard the argument for and against the rafts, and she does not believe the rafts are a ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could take that a step further. <laughs> you could argue, you could argue the main street vehicles because they are technically a form of transportation that gets you from one point to the other. So I, I guess it's so, both an attraction because of what it is. I don't know. So how about extra points for? I know Jason said like for a Rita stop. What about like Country Bear Jamboree stop? Yeah, <laughs> can you get some. I mean, you could for... you could layer your own little challenges on top. And John, I mean, <laughs> if you get rid of all transportation challenges, all transportation modes, yeah, you could say, well, the rafts take you from point A to point B. <laughs> the main street vehicles take you from point A to point B. Star Tours takes you out to space and back. No, uh, no, no, no. Those are the attractions. <laughs> well, Star Tours is a transportation ride because right. you're on a tour. You're on a tour. <laughs> yeah, you get right. it, Rise of the Resistance is a transportation ride. We're just getting silly. I, I I get on Haunted Mansion to get transported into 
the haunted mansion and back <laughs> liberty yeah. square riverboat is that a is that a spaceship transportation you go back through time spaceship bird time travel well here's the thing then okay so if we're going to include rafts and main street vehicles then the friendship boat should be included yes well they aren't listed as an attraction on disney world's website but you should get extra points for taking it. The point has always been what's listed as an attraction, and the friendship boats are not listed as an attraction. I've looked at the map recently, Correct. and the rafts are not on there. Just saying. Well, Tom Sawyer's Island is, is. listed as the attraction, and it <laughs> opens with travel by raft to a... Here, I'll okay. read, it. I'll read okay, it. Okay, I got you, I got you. <laughs> He's going to read it. Oh, boy. I'm going to read <laughs> the precise definition, and it used to be listed explicitly as part of the name. I may just try to go get a job at Disney just so I can fix this. Uh, <laughs> fix. I got fix you. this error. I thought he was yeah. going to say error. he wants to be a raft operator. No, just just this will be my one. It's Tom Sawyer Allen travel by log raft to this secret rustic hideaway inspired by the stories of Mark Twain. Gotcha. It is uh, listed right there in the description that you have to uh, to reach the island, head over to Tom's Landing, and cross the rivers of America aboard a piloted log raft. So it's in the description. You journey by log raft. Uh, yeah, I, I believe you, um, attorney. <laughs> attorney. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you're trying to cut out transportation. If we're going to get nitpicky about what's transportation, if you want to cut rafts, do you cut the riverboat? Is that a ride or a m- m- form of transportation? It's a ride because it takes you back to the same spot yeah. that you started. What going about anywhere? the railroad? Well, there's stops along the way. <laughs> it's a mode of transportation, I guess. I would honestly say the railroad is a is a uh, transportation, honestly, because yeah. you use it to get to different parts of the park. Really, wildlife you don't exp- necessarily ride it. I'm gonna say ride. wildlife express train is definitely a mode of transportation. Yeah, you don't get to just effect- decide depending on how good it is. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it based on how good it is. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have to put the affection section or whatever over there, if they didn't have to do it because of the the, the land wise, it wouldn't have a train. If they, if they didn't have to put it far away, that's the other debate that's sort of been made or started to be talked about is the the railroad when it does reopen because you can take it all the way back to where you started. That would technically make it a ride, a loop, right? right yeah, if you do that. So, but then if you had to do the loop. Then that's worth 100 points because it takes forever. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying. What about Tomorrowland Speedway? That's a form of transport. Again, <laughs> it's a car. And get on in the same spot. People mover. <laughs> yeah. That's a form of transportation. Start and get start on in the, same, in the spot. same spot. You're not doing yeah. anything. I'm kind of in John's camp now on this. <laughs> <laughs> I jump ship. Can, anything that's not closed loop, technically. Okay, Tom Sawyer's Island is not really closed loop because your purpose is to get to the uh, other I, side. I get off Space Mountain at a different spot than I get on. <laughs> Okay. But the vehicle itself does do a, a loop. Because Buzz Lightyear, technically, you get off at a different spot and you get on. Main Street Vehicles does a loop. I'm just saying, if you're going to include transportation, then Friendship Boat should be included. I'm not including transportation. I'm including attractions. <laughs> Pirates in Haunted Mansion don't let you off at the same spot either. Apparently, what's, what's happening is every week... I'm going to find a new way to make an argument because apparently last week I was actually arguing for dessert parties, <laughs> uh, which was totally bizarre. Yeah. Well, I'm obviously there. not likely to ever do one, but I'm going to book you a dessert party on the friendship <laughs> boats. How's that sound? <laughs> uh. Right in the middle of Epcot forever with the, the, the kite party, the, ki- the flaming kites. 
with desserts. Honestly, I mean, honestly, I don't care. It would just name whatever. I mean, if you're going to name it as something, uh, if I'm doing the challenge, then I'll do it. That's all. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is. But I'm just saying, speaking from a logical standpoint, it's a mode of transportation. Right. We can argue this all day. But bottom line, I think it's cool that there's a new way to do the challenge where you don't have to try and ride everything in one day because, you know, it's going to get harder and harder to do that. So you have a backup if you can't ride everything, you can rack up as much points as you can. So you have options. I just hope they do assign a point value to the island rafts. That's all. I, I'm going to lobby for that. Every <laughs> ride people, just give a – you don't have to make it part of your challenge. You don't have to make it official. Just say, if you choose to recognize this as a ride, it is worth this One many point. points. So just, they'll make – or point five points or something ridiculous. Just make yeah, it a half right. a point. Yeah. That way you know if you have a decimal in your score that you did the refs. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> I'm gonna... What's going to be a one-point ride? I think Barnstormer, right? Barnstormer's a one-pointer. Mm, I guess. Short. It's easy to yeah. get. Yeah, it's Dumb, pretty low. Dumbo maybe, stuff like that. I don't know. I'm thinking I know we joked cups. about Mermaid. Teacups. Yeah, come on. Teacups, I would think, too, yeah. Like I was saying, I know we joked about Mermaid, but come on. It's going to be... What yeah. would you put as your part completion bonuses for each of them? What would get the biggest part completion bonus? Magic Kingdom, right? It's got the most rides. Yeah, and it has some of the like the longest one and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, Magic Kingdom, of course, because it is the longest. And then the other three, which one would you put second for part completion? Epcot, just because of the length of the rides. Yeah, Epcot's always been the thorn in our side, so probably Epcot. Um We'll see where the final landing is, but I think there's a contingency that's pushing for Hollywood Studios to be yeah, number because two. of Rise. I think that that makes sense, and now they're going to have three tier ones, so it's going to be much more difficult. Right, but the thing is, is if you if you up the value of Rise and you up the completion, you're double bonusing for Rise. Right, you you only really have to up it in one spot. You either up it for you know the, back the ride, or you up it for. For the completion. Back when they were uh, discussing changing Hollywood Studios' name, I think they should just go ahead and change it and call it E-Ticket Land. That's right, <laughs> what they should call it. Yeah, because technically they have four tier ones. They just don't have FastPass for it yet. Right. I mean, they... Right. As far as attractions that garner a weight, they have what? How many do they have there now? Nine? It's like the majority... Well, it... The majority of the park it's is not technically really... E-Tickets. I mean, let's be honest. It's not really e-ticket land. It's got a lot of e-tickets. It's like E and F ticket land. <laughs> where, or A's, you mean. I, 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 these are F's. These well, are okay. F I see what you mean. But. <laughs> right. All right. So let's. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's just go through right quick. A's but F. I think we may have done this, but let's just go through right quick. What would you consider an e-ticket? All right. Um, obviously, we have. At Hollywood Studios, you're talking about? Yeah. Obviously, Rise. Yeah. So that's right. One. Yeah, Slinky. Slinky is two. Yeah. I would throw in Tower and Rock and Roller Coasters, or it's four. Yeah, Millennium Falcon's going to be an e-ticket right yep, now. five. Well, it's tier one, so yeah. Runaway Railway, I think, when it opens, is, yeah. is clearly going to be in that caliber, hopefully. And i got to be honest, I would throw in Mania, but... I would not put Mania as an e-ticket. I think it's a second tier. Yeah, it's close, but it's it's on the border line of yeah, it's wow. close, it's good, but I think it would have I mean it was and I think Star Tours even was in the back in the day, but now you can't say it is now. Yeah, I would put Star Tours and Mania on sort of a same D tier tickets. and then 
and then we would put uh, swirling saucers in a lower category. You know, it's funny. It's like it, within like what three years, Mania went from being like the hardest one, yeah, to right. what, what, what are we saying? Fifth on the line now? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was the main one back then. Yeah. yeah. Not that long ago. I mean, it's got more capacity now, yeah. and it's not the newest ride. Well, Soren has more capacity I mean, now it's, too. It's but... kind of it's it's a good consolation prize for people who can't get any of the other ones, right? Yeah. My thing is with with that one is I, I would ride a lot more if I didn't injure myself, uh, dislocate my shoulder every time I'm trying to score points on the final bonus round. <laughs> anyway, say so you're a little out of shape, there, aren't you? I feel <laughs> no. like. Maybe they should only make Mermaid one point, but they should say that if you complete a run without doing Mermaid, it should be at least minus 10. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? Because uh, Mermaid's we're getting complicated now. to, to a, a, a successful I think run. Haunted Mansion should have high points. Not in <laughs> mid-tier. What about Carousel? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Carousel of Progress? Or, no, uh, the Prince Charming. Charming. Hmm. If you can do it at the end of the day and get to do that and get in line for uh, Semidor's Mine Train, you get 25 points. Here's a pretty good question. Does something like Pan make the top <laughs> you make it. No, it wouldn't be tier one in my opinion. Yeah, no, probably not. Is there anything at Magic Kingdom, like let's assume that your top tier rides that are not Rise. I'm assuming Rise will be in its own category just because of how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Let's assume your top tier ones are all 20 pointers. Right. Is there anything at Magic Kingdom that makes that 20-point list? Space. I would think space. Does is it is that of the same caliber of difficulty to get as some of something like Flight of Passage? No. Or I think know. it's enough to make a 20 though. But you need some at each park, I think. I think you need some. Do at each you park. have to have one at each park? I think so. I think each park has the capability of having that like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train I think would be as well because it's going to have the longest wait. I would put Mine weights. Train as the 20 pointer there. I don't know if I'd put Space as the You mean pointer. only one? If you could only pick one, I would do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. But I, if, if you could have more than one, I would I would do Space too. That'd be my second choice. Honestly, I'd put Space above Mine Train just because of the unpredictability. It could probably goes down more. But yeah, maybe. Do you get bonus points for certain Main Street vehicles? You know, if you get the uh... <laughs> fire truck versus. Yeah, if you get Omnibus, which is the rarest one, you get like. 50 points. <laughs> we rode the Omnibus. I guess I is Omnibus really the rarest one? Yeah, it's never out in the morning. I've never seen it in the morning. Because I feel like every time I see somebody like doing, every time that I just happen to come across someone doing it for a challenge, that's what they're on. <laughs> it's only at night, though, is it not? They only bring it out at night. Uh, I... On like one day a week, maybe. I don't know. I th- I've never seen it in the morning, ever. Maybe I'm wrong, but I've never seen it in the morning. Anyways, I'm very excited to see these points. I think we'll have to revisit this when they, once they've released them, and then we can critique them. Because, as you can tell, it's very hard to come up with them ourselves. But what we're very good at is criticizing other people. <laughs> <laughs> we're great at judging things. Yeah. That's what well, we have a podcast for. Apparently some of us are good at arguing the opposite point, even if they don't believe it. <laughs> a la last week. Right. <laughs> Mr. Dessert Party. I don't believe that. None of us are good at arguing the opposite point, John. <laughs> Mr. Dessert Party over there. Hey, I made my I made a case for it. <laughs> there you go. We have to have the opposing opinion, don't we? 
Yes. Somehow. Well, I, and now that John is pro dessert party, that's going to be our next <laughs> assignment. When we do our traveling with the mouse trip. John has to do the dessert party. We're going to pitch in and send him to the dessert party, and we're going to film him from afar, and he's got to get his money's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, brother. We're going to put a price. We're going to put a point system uh, attached to each dessert and beverage. And we're going to see if you can get the 99 points and recover the money. <laughs> Uh, there you go. That's a great idea. It's a new challenge. <laughs> I love this idea. This is almost as good as our Grand Fiesta La Cava challenge. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I almost forgot about that. But we got a lot to pack into this uh, trip here, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have a vote on what we can actually do. We should probably do that. Well, you know, you know who should get a vote, Adam? Our Patreon subscribers. That's a great segue into talking about our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash podcast. And you can also reach out to us via email, which is podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. And if that isn't your fancy, you can go to our website, which is travelingwiththemouse.com. You can find links to all those things there. And of course, you can always find us on the most popular option, which is social media. That's on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, all at TWTM Podcast. Um, we have a Spreadshirt store if you would prefer to go there and get your TWTM merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. So for... John, Jason, and myself. This has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we will see you on our next trip. One thousand points to Disney if they end the Rise of the Resistance lottery. <laughs> to Disney. Yeah, they're oh, wow. I'm sure they're in it now. <laughs> that got their attention. One thousand <laughs> challenge points. <laughs>